welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. That means Andrew P. Shea is in the house. And more importantly, Andy... We got to announce our winner from the Ask Ross segment, yes. and that is Steve from Columbia, PA. Steve was smart enough to ask a food question of Ross, and even more importantly, he brought up one of Ross's favorite spots down at the shore, the Windrift, where they serve wings and pitchers of Miller Lite, and you struck a chord with Ross with both those items, so... Steve will be getting in touch with you. All right, Andy. Quarter number four, and speaking of Ross, earlier in the show, our segment with Ross, we talked about a more general topic. We usually get pretty specific, but the topic was the state of the Penn State program, and I think it's an important question overall, and I wanted to get your take on these items also. Sure. Penn State is coming off a two-year segment of 500 football for those two seasons, under 500 as far as Big Ten play. They've tied themselves to James Franklin with a contract extension, which begs the question, where is this program headed? And in light of the last two seasons... In your mind, what what is your response to that? So I look at it on three levels, and I have three R's when I look at it. I look at recruiting, reputation, and results, right? That's the way I'm going to evaluate it. I can, we can break it down however you want. I think a, a, a fourth element is, and this is a, a little less important to me, but the it's part of the reputation, but it's its own little side thing is, how many players are they sending to the league? Because that ties back into recruiting. I think, you know, that's an important element as well. You know, if you're getting, sending guys to the NFL and getting guys drafted and they end up producing and doing well, that matters in the recruiting. But the three big elements for me are recruit, recruiting, reputation, and results. So which one would you like me to start with, Jimmy? It's your segment, Andy. All right. Start where you like. So I think recruiting continues to be a strong point during the James Franklin era at Penn State. I think it will always be a strong point. I think in overall, I think during his tenure, his talent acquisition ability is top 10 overall in the country. There's a plan. There's a process. He resonates with athletes today while also still being able to remain relatable to parents and families. That's very important to be able to sort of walk both sides of those aisles. He hires coaches that are excel or are above average in recruiting. He understands what he's looking for um, in terms of recruiting, I'm saying, and he knows what he wants. And I think that, is overall, I'd say recruiting is top 10 overall in the country 
and I think it will always be a strength of his because it's such a a details and process oriented thing. You know, it's interesting you say that, Andy. James Franklin's reputation has always been as a great recruiter. And you said, well, you feel like they're a top 10 program as far as recruiting goes. The interesting thing is, though, I, for a series of years, you know, I'm going from the 2019, 2020, and 2021 season, they were ranked 12th, 15th, and 21st in the country, respectively, yeah. with their recruiting. And that, I do think, is subpar for a program like Penn State. And might that also be, a, it, and even the 2018 class, which was ranked sixth in the country, and that was Micah's season, even that probably didn't live up to its number six ranking. When you talk, Micah, no doubt he was a great player at Penn State, but we only had two years of Micah, remember? And then you take those other top players, you had Nana Seydoux in that class, who was a medical issue, didn't play. Ricky Slade, Shorter, who were five stars, never made their mark at Penn State. So even though recruiting has always been part of the reputation, I'm not sure he hit the mark for those years. With that said, it's certainly a comeback year in 2022. So I will disagree with you in that I, when I look at recruiting in a program, I don't do the look back. I don't put the results of the players and how they came about and what each recruiting class did. I don't include that in recruiting. I include that in results. That's just the way I look at it. That is part of the results. Were you able to do talent development and that gets results? I'm ta- uh, the re- when I talk about recruiting, I'm talking about the ability to identify what he's looking for and get what he is. And, and you're right. I, I did include, when I say he's top 10 overall in the country, in my opinion, I, I obviously know what they were ranked in those classes, but I just look at it overall and think, generally speaking, you don't see him swing and miss on a recruiting class in in terms of you're like, how did that fall off a cliff? There's not a fall off a cliff. You know, there's a range. And and I just think his recruiting strength is recruiting is part of his, is his strength. It's just pure uninhibited strength as a program leader. I do believe he's a very good recruiter, but I do think he also underperformed for a couple years. Let's get to your other R's there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go with uh, let's talk results. And he's got to live with these last two seasons. And remember, at Penn State, take away some of the dark years with Paterno late in his career, take away the sanction years. We always expect... Penn State to be a top top 10 program but remember there's a lot of other schools who felt that way about themselves also and have fallen in hard times your Florida States your Miamis your Texas your USC's your Nebraska's a lot of big programs didn't remain a big time program with the results of the last two years are you concerned that Penn State could be the next program that falls off like that I mean that's the direction it's trending when I when you look at the results and, and I look at what's going on um Saturday uh, on Saturdays I mean the sort of the MO is now get this get Penn State in a tight game 
and they will get you across the finish line. You don't need to, you're going to help yourself. Just don't hurt yourself. They'll help you get across the finish line. Get them in a close game in a tight spot and they'll help you across, across the finish line. Saturday is, game day is definitely a problem that I see. There's a plan for Saturday, right? You spend Monday through Friday, well, Sunday through Friday. You plan, you come up with a plan. But what actually happens on the field sometimes has very little to do with that plan. And it's about performance and adjustments. It's not a structured and planned out 60 minutes. And it's about feel and reaction. And it, it's both. It's both on the sidelines and in, in between the lines. And for me, what I'm seeing over the last you know two years is they're struggling on both fronts. It's, it's just a huge, huge burden for this team to play with any reaction and feel and be able to sort of step outside the box and just play ball. Um, the on-field product, it's subpar. It's almost stunningly subpar to me in some respects because look at the talent in on this 2021 team and look at the players they're sending to the next level and look how many of them were on that field. And then you look at the results and you go, that doesn't make any, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But they're a 500 team with that kind of talent. They do not respond well to adversity that I see as a team. And to me, that starts at the top. The coach, coaching as we know in college football, the program is about the coach. And the coach sets the tempo, the tone, the tenor the attitude, the resilience. And I'm sorry, players respond accordingly. And rah-rah only gets you so far, you know. College, the college game, coaching matters way more than in the NFL. And I'm not saying Penn State is, the players aren't responsible and, and aren't sometimes, you know, as a collective group underperforming. But I also don't see that Saturday sort of leadership coming through and you get them in a tight game, they'll get you across the finish line. They'll help you home. And ironically, James Franklin's been pushing the administration and the rest of the Penn State community. We need to win every other day besides those Saturdays in the fall. Well, one might say, cynically say, James, you haven't necessarily been taking care of Saturdays yourself. So before you push anybody else, look inward and how you've handled some of those games. Now, uh, Andy, and we talked about this a little bit, let's quickly get to, uh, you, you talk about reputation and some of the stuff off the field. I think James Franklin does excel there. You don't see his players getting in trouble. He emphasizes education, family, and some of the things that I think are important both to the Penn State administration and the rest of the community, I think he's done a very good job at those things. Correct. And, and when, when I talk about reputation, I mean how they're perceived around the rest of the conference and the public. And I also think what the fan base thinks. And, and you can, I know you can speak to that. My experience is this seems like a house divided when it comes to James Franklin and, and Penn State in terms of the fan base. But public, publicity and marketing-wise, it's a top end. It's run top shelf. They're good at what they do. Um, the student-athletes, I think, have done their part. Um, they've done very little to shine any dark shadows over this program. 
during James Franklin era. We all know that inside the walls, I'm sure it's not all shiny, happy people and, and you know, rosy. We know that. That's just life. Welcome to it. But it doesn't become outward facing. And, and it's not because James hides the laundry. The laundry just doesn't make its way out on the line and be able to blow in the wind. So that's, that's also part of sort of running the program well is, yeah, of course we're going to have problems, but they don't become everybody else's problems and everybody doesn't know about them. So I'd say reputation-wise, I'd say they're above average. Not outstanding, but above average because the fan base is a house divided on him. Okay, Andy, we've got to look forward. Uh, they've got a, a very good 22 recruiting class. How are you bullish on this team going forward? It, I see 2022 is maybe, maybe, maybe in 23, maybe. But for 2022, based on the results, the results, not reputation, not recruiting, based on the results, I, I can't see, I can't be bullish on them. I can't see it in 2022 yet. Okay, Andy, thanks for that uplifting assessment <laughs> of the 22 season. But that is going to be it for our show. Thank you all for listening, and make sure you join us again next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.